0: again, the title of this message today is, The Heresy of the Pharisee, and it's sad you see, too. Matthew 16, 1. First slide, please. So just to catch up to where we were last week, um, we talked about faith. Faith is powerful. Faith is, uh, that's an understatement, I guess. (laughs) I mean, that is really an understatement. Faith is powerful. Well, it's much more than just powerful. It's essential. It's it's everything. Faith is total trust in God. Without total trust in God, we have despair. We're made righteous through our faith. You know what I'm saying? So it's it, it's more than just really nice. <laughs> it's more than just powerful. It is powerful. It's totally powerful. But it is everything for the Christian. It is everything. And that's I think what Jesus is trying to show us through what he's going on. What's going on with him and his disciples? That's definitely what he's trying to teach his disciples. With the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000, the walking on the water stuff. I mean, he's trying to teach his disciples, and that would include us, to have faith. And when we have faith, amazing things can happen. Again, we saw even the faith of the Canaanite woman, the Gentile, the non-Jewish person, you know, who, who um, came to Jesus in faith, great faith, in great humility, and humble herself in Jesus Or daughter because of the faith. Jesus gave the disciples another faith testing exercise we talked about, and that was the feeding of the the 4,000, and we talked about that. Here's some of the things that we we, um, kind of put together in conclusion last week, just to kind of remind us, kind of going off of that into the next message. So what we saw from the feeding of the 4,000, married to the feeding of the 5,000, we see a pattern. Christ is demonstrating a pattern when he's feeding the Multitudes. So when Jesus feeds a multitude, this is what we see happening as a pattern. We see the people listening and obeying Christ, and of course I put the word faith in there because we need faith. It takes a lot of faith to submit ourselves to the voice of God. And then Jesus gave thanks. We should give thanks in all circumstances, and this requires a lot of faith because our human nature is to be disgruntled in all circumstances. (laughs) Always be prepared to serve. And I put this twice, number five and number seven. Always prepare to serve. That's what the disciples do. We serve. We're servants of the kingdom of God. We're servants of our Lord, Jesus Christ. And when we serve, it requires two steps. First, we need to receive from Christ. And second, we need to give to others. We don't receive to... 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 to, to hoard. We don't receive to store. We receive... So that we would have the skills, the abilities, the, the spiritual, you know, blessing to be able to give. And what a blessing it is to serve and to give to others. And that's what the disciples do. And we see that in the Feeding five thousand. Jesus gave the uh, the abundance, and the disciples handed it out. They distributed it. And that's wonderful that we are allowed to actually be a part of that chain, if you will. But all these things require faith, total trust in God. And you trust that God will give you gotta trust that it's okay to give. You see? You gotta trust that God will provide. And you also gotta trust that God will continue to provide. So we can give freely. And, and and I'll have a burden of like, oh, but I might lose out on something, or I might lose, I might run out of resources. You don't need to worry about that. It takes total trust, total faith in God to to have that freedom. And of course, to be satisfied, number nine, satisfied. When God's will be is done. When, God is, when we get out of the way and allow God to come in and do what He wants to do, there's total satisfaction. God kind of knows what's up. And when we trust in Him and we rely on Him, we can be rest assured that satisfaction will be had. Life is good when we trust in God. Next slide, please. So now we're going to get to today's portion. I have a huge text there, and I apologize for that. We're being introduced to the Pharisees. ...and to the Sadducees. Okay, So Matthew 16, the first part of verse 1, so 16.1a, section A, we have the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus. Now, when I went and researched the Pharisees, I want to say something about the Pharisees and Sadducees... ...so we can be introduced to them properly. Even though we've already seen the Pharisees before, I want to be introduced to them properly. And in order to do so, I went to my normal Christian you know, resources... I went to secular resources, as I do sometimes as well, just to compare history with history. And I even went to a, um, a Jewish library. And this, actually, I took copy-paste from a Jewish library. Um, and it, they all are quite in agreement with each other. They're all very consistent. There's no, there's no discrepancies, as far as I saw. So I said, let's let the Jewish library speak, on behold, of what their um, you know, historical understanding is of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And the first thing that struck me is when they described the Pharisees, they said that they're the spiritual fathers of modern Judaism. The reason why I thought that's interesting is this. A lot of people, when we think about modern Judaism, think it's, you know, stemmed in the Old Testament. They're the Old Testament followers, while the Christians are the New Testament followers. But the reality is, that's not necessarily true. Actually, what we know is from today, if that bee is driving away, we should probably close that door, because it's certain to wind me up. <laughs> But anyways, what's that? It's, it's a wasp or bee or something. He'll be back. But anyways, so, so basically, what I thought was interesting is this. Today's Judaism, as and this is from their own website, as far as their concern, comes from the Pharisees. Now, what's interesting about that is it's got yeah, ancient Judaism, I think, is origin from the Old Testament. But then there was a split. You see, Judaism was fulfilled in Christ, the Messiah, right? The Old Testament said Christ, the Messiah, and then Jesus came. Judaism kind of changed to Christianity and or the Pharisees. So you have a divide, like a church split, if you will. And so you have those who have received the Messiah, Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ came to Israel, and also the Gentiles, that would include us. And so that's what Christianity, Christianity is based on the Old Testament and the New Testament. Well, actually, today's modern Judaism is based upon the Pharisees and their rejection of Christ. Because the reality is, we don't need anything but Christ, because Christ has fulfilled Judaism. He's the Messiah. He's fulfilled. So ancient Judaism... Basically, it's Christianity, because the Old Testament became fulfilled with Christ in the New Testament. So again, what we so we, what we have here then is in the Pharisees we see a lot in today's modern Judaism, and that is a rejection of Christ. The Pharisees here will, as we see, reject Christ as well. Um, and more information about them: they may, their main distinguished characteristic was the belief in the oral law that God gave to Moses. So we have in our Bible Old Testament, like say the Pentateuch which are the five first five books of the Bible, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, right? They would look at those, and those, those are very important. That's the written law of Moses. But they also had this oral law, which actually, as we see here, is written three centuries later, so 300 years later known as a Talmud. Now, the funny thing about that is, and if we study apologetics, we also looked at, like, New and Old Testament reliability. And when you have a historical document, it's best that the gap between the events and the documentation, you know, occurs. You want a short gap. So, with the New Testament, we only have very short gaps of, like, 20, 30, 40 years between the events and the documentation. So, it's within a generation. So, they happen, these legends are less likely to happen here what this Talmud is supposed to be is, is Moses got the written law, but then God gave them like commentaries, information on how to interpret the law. But they waited 300 years to collaborate. Now what happens in 300 years? How many generations? how many grandparents do we have in 300 years? Quite a bit about a dozen or so, right? That's, that's a long span of a period of time. And so, and so, but even with that, there's a they're, they're looked and seen as almost like commentaries of the law. So they have this, the, the law, Moses' writings, and then they have these commentaries, and that's what they had, and, and they and they liked it. Um, more information about them. They believed in life after death. They believed in spiritual things. That God punishes the wicked, you know, heaven and hell, and rewarded the righteous. The world to come. Uh, they also believed in the Messiah, so they're looking for the Messiah. So they're interested in Christ, is the Messiah? Unfortunately, they rejected the Messiah, and they believe that he would, you know, herald an era of world peace. Uh, Pharisees adhered to the tenets developed after the destruction of the temple in AD 70 um, such things as an individual prayer and assembly in the synagogues, which is kind of what we still see today. Now the Sadducees. Now, by the way, at this time there were many groups of, of, of Jewish groups, but these there were four, three or four main political groups, main political um, and religious, quite influential groups. And the Pharisees and Sadducees would be the two main ones, um, and, and that's the ones who Jesus is, is being confronted by today. The Sadducees, again, they were um, considered liberal because they w- were interested in um, uh, incorporating into um, Hellenism, which is basically um, the Greek influence upon the Eastern culture. That's my Daddy? Am I boring you? Okay, you keep rolling your eyes at me. Okay, but anyways, so so they, they were open to the Hellenistic way of life. So they, you know, the the, the, the kind of liberalization of, of, of the or the watering down of the Jewish culture, basically. And they, uh, and of course, Pharisees opposed this. Uh, they they rejected the oral law, but they were very strict about following the the written law. Uh, they did not believe in the afterlife. Uh, They basically disappeared around AD 70 after the destruction of the Second Temple, and and, um, and that's pretty much it. These two parties, at the very bottom, served in the great Sanhedrin, a kind of Jewish Supreme Court made up of 71 members whose responsibility was to interpret civil and religious laws. Okay, next slide. So there's a quick introduction to the Pharisees and to the Sadducees. Matthew 16, verse 1 to 3, says this. And I put here, they demand a sign. A sign. We want proof. We want evidence. Because we saw in, in introduction the Pharisees Sadducees that were looking for, that um, they're interested in the Messiah. They, they want to know where the Messiah is. And they had strong beliefs of what the Messiah would do when he appeared. So here's the fact, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they come to Jesus to test him. a Test, which means to try, to make trial of. To discern, to test, for the purpose of ascertaining his quality, what he thinks, or how he will behave himself. Okay, so they want to see what is of this character, Jesus Christ. And they ask him to show a sign from heaven. Now, right there, all I can see is total cheek. I don't know if you guys are seeing it as well. What have we been looking at for the last 15 chapters? Amazing signs, amazing miracles. Miracles are signs. It's pretty much the same thing. We talk about miracles. about a sign, a divine sign. When you say God show me something, you're looking for something supernatural, and that supernatural event is a miracle. So the feeding of the four thousand, the feeding of the five thousand, was that not enough? Walking on water, healing. I mean, Jesus didn't stop producing signs. Jesus' life was surrounded by continuous signs. It wasn't that he accidentally produced a miracle. And it could be counted possibly as trickery. It wasn't anything like that. Jesus constantly produced miracles. His life was filled with signs. So this was total cheek. Again, hmm, we'll show us one more thing. And the thing is, we'll get to it in a moment. Here's his reply. When evening comes, you say, it'll be fair weather, for the sky is red. In the morning, today, it'll be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times? When I was a kid, living in California, I, I, we used to do this. I mean, children do this. Children look at the sky and think about how it's going to be the next day. You know, I remember in California, we'd look out, and if the sky looked like that, we would say, oh, we're going to the beach tomorrow. You know, and sure enough, the next day would probably be hot, roasty, and sunny. It, it, it's, it's telling we didn't have to go in and watch the weather report on the news, we could just look at the sky, and if it looked something like that, you know, we would be confident that the following day would be quite sunny, bright, and it be a nice day. And, it, you know, it's very common. Even children can see the signs and, uh, and interpret them. But why can't you? You guys are grown-ups. You guys are big people. Pharisees and Sadducees, they're supposed to be, like I said, the main influential political, religious people of the day. Why can't you see the signs of the times? Signs, signs, interpret, to make a distinction, to learn by discrimination, to try, to determine, to give judgment, to decide a dispute. A sign, okay? What I put here, which is quite interesting, is an unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature, okay? So we look and we see life as normal, and they can see their life as normal, but something is going on here. In a Christ time, something definitely was going on with John the Baptist and with Jesus Christ the Messiah. There is something going on here. God is doing something. Even in our days, we can look around, we can see, we can determine things which we would expect are normal commonplace, but we can see God's hand in what we're doing and what's going on here, especially with these, what's going on in the Middle East, and the wars and the talks of rumors of wars and all the distress. I mean, we look at these things, and we look at what's going on with the economy and all these things. These aren't just happened to be because of whatever. This is, we can see God's hand through all these things, that he is setting up his return. And, he, and he's going to humble the people of the earth. Who Those who reject him will have to pay the price. But he's humbling the people of this earth. We cannot live without God in this world. And God's going to bring us to our knees And we can see the signs even now with the economy, with the distress, and the problems, and the woes, and the problems, and the moral depravity of this world. These are all signs of the end times. Christ is coming back. And here he's saying, man, listen, come on guys, look around you, look around. And again, the signs of the times. Kairos is the word, where real are times from. To what bring? To what time brings the state of times, the things, the events of time. So again, it talks about what's happening around us just now. Next slide, please. So the question is, what are you really looking for? What are you really looking for? And and I've had conversations with people, and you may have had conversations with people, you know, and it sounds funny and it sounds silly, but it's almost like if God, I only believe in God if he puts his face in the sky and, and says, boo, here I am. You know, I want a strong, strict, imperial evidence to believe in God. Well, you know what? He's given tons of it. He's given tons of it. We have in our, our, in our laps today documented evidence of what Jesus, what God has done to prove his existence. There is no doubt that God exists. There's plenty, there's ample evidence. In fact, there's a ridiculous, sick amount of evidence in these, in the Bible alone that God exists. This is a historical document we have here that says God exists, Jesus is Messiah, and this is how we know. If he stuck his face in the cloud, he'd just be making himself look like an idiot. And God wouldn't do that, would he? No. The reality is he has basically put his face in the sky. I mean, he, Jesus born of a virgin? die in this sign here he's going to give is is an amazing sign the sign of the sign of jonah as we'll see here in a moment god and even within our lives today don't just put our bible aside and put history aside look at what god has done in your life and my life look at what god has done in the world we're living in now look at look at the history leading up to where we are today i know we've had good times and bad times but look at what God has done in history. Look at the wonderful things that God has provided for us and cared for us. And look at our own individual like experiences with God, what has brought us here today even. God is definitely active in our lives. And I think it's much more meaningful to have a personal encounter with God than to be forced to believe in God. What would you do if every year he would pop his face in the cloud and demand us all to look at him? and to recognize that he exists, and atheism's a flaw, you know, a fraud. People would then would develop a new anti-God religion. It wouldn't be atheism, then. It'd be, I hate this God who puts his face in the sky religion. You know what I'm saying? There would be something new that would resist God. Because it's in the heart. It's a problem. So, look for the signs. But none will be... Get- okay, first of all, wicked adulterous generation. That's the problem. That's the problem with, with the Pharisees and in Jesus' time. That's the problem with our time. Is There is a wicked... Wicked... Which means, you know, it basically means useless. It means just, blah. You know, it's just evil. It's just it's self-consumed. Wicked. Adulterous. Adulterous is an interesting word because we you know what adultery means. It means to be faithless. You know, It means to cheat on your husband or your wife, right? That's what adultery is. And here's what, that's what he calls the people who are supposed to be true to God are true to others. And here I put a quick description. As the intimate alliance of God with the people of Israel were likened to a marriage, those who relapsed into idolatry are said to commit adultery or play the harlot. Equivalent to faithless to God, or unclean, or apostate. And apostate means to turn from God. is to come, to know God, to hear God, to see God, to, to even confess and to profess God, but then to walk away and turn away from God. It's like, yeah, God's my God. And then at one point, no, I turn my back on him. That's what the idea of adultery is. It's like at one point, we were with God, but now we've refused God. We've rejected him. That's what he says. A wicked, adulterous generation, they look for signs. Why? Because again, it's in the heart. It's in the heart but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. This is sufficient. Jesus didn't have to give a sign. He didn't have to say a darn thing to these guys. He didn't. Because enough was said, enough was done. Because he goes, you know what? Here's a sign to look out for, the sign of Jonah. And he left it at that. What happened with Jonah? It's so simple, it's so easy that we even teach it on Sunday schools and we have no problem with the kids understanding him. Jonah got swallowed by a giant fish and lived there for three days and then he spat out and was alive. That's a sign. And that's what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He died, he lived in the belly of the earth for three days, and then he resurrected. Simple as that. Simple to understand, but very difficult to pull off. <laughs> i like to see your illusionists today pull off this kind of feat. I mean, seriously. Simple to conceive, which is good. We need that. Come on, guys. You're not going to miss this. It's something too complex and too tricky. It's really easy to conceive in your mind. You can see what's happening and understand it, but only God can pull this off. That is to die, to be confirmed dead by being in a grave for three days, and then to be resurrected. That's the sign. Nothing else needs to happen. Then Jesus left them and went away. Next slide, please. So Jesus now speaks to his disciples about the dangerous yeast. And it says in Matthew sixteen five, when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful. Jesus said to them, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith. Again, that's that word, little faithers. Why are you not why are you talking amongst yourselves about having no bread? Do you still understand? I can see Jesus is like, Do you you worried about bread again? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Stop worrying about the bread. 5,000, 4,000, now it's just a few of us. Your... Don't worry about the bread, you little faithers. Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking about bread? <laughs> and to that, I put simply this: some people just don't understand spiritual things. Sometimes it's just so hard. I mean, Lord, love them, you know. And, and, and even Christians and non-Christian, like mean, we talk to people who don't know God, and you kind of expect it. It's like, okay, like I was talking to one of the guys about our our ministry. He's like, "How does God provide these?" Things? I mean, no, he wasn't a Christian. So he didn't say God. He goes, "How do you get the money for this?" And I say, oh, God provides. Did not like that answer. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, no, 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 no. You have to think practical. Where's the bread in this? Is it the government? Is it the charity? Some kind of charity? Is it, what do you do? Do you steal money from someone? Do you beg? Where's the money coming from? It comes from God. Ah, they don't like it. Not sufficient. I can't say anything else besides that, because really, that's where it comes from. Some people, and I expect that from the world, but unfortunately, even in the church... There's people who just, like, don't understand spiritual things. They just struggle with with the idea of God's powerful divine spirit. And to that, I say, just be mindful, be open, be prayerful, and be patient. God will turn these things on. These disciples were young fellas, and they made a lot of mistakes. They were learning. Even going through these amazing miracles, they're still tripped up by the practicality, the physicality. There's more to it than the practicality and the physicality, that's even the right word. There is the spiritual dimension of everything, and that is where God allows His power to just come through and just blow our minds. Bread really isn't the issue. And signs aren't a problem for Jesus. He's already proved this. He had plenty of signs and plenty of bread. The issue is doubting Christ. We need to well, for instance, I e saying this, like the disciples are, like the Pharisees are trying to do, saying or suggesting this. We need just another miracle, then we will believe you. You're looking for something. Next slide. So he says this in Matthew sixteen eleven b, the second part of the verse. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. So that word again, the yeast. Be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood the spiritual significance. That he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So, the next few moments, I'm just going to talk about the yeast, and that'll be our Bible study completed. The yeast. Yeast in the scriptures speaks of infectious sin. Okay? It's a metaphor. Of um, basically speaking, of continual like in, in just just the the saturation, the saturation, the 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 continuous lifestyle habits, mental and moral corruption. It's, it, it it's it speaks of just it so penetrates the way that people are and how they live their life.
1: It is. It's mental
0: and it's moral corruption. This is the sin we're talking about here. It's infectious. It's it's contagious. It infects others. And, and again, it's here, as it says here in the description, it's viewed in its tendency to infect others. So the idea is, it's, it's, it's again, it's infectious. It's, it's something that is just rotten to the core, and it, and it seeks to bring others down with it. Again, it's kind of like... I don't want to. It, it, it's, it's hard to make it an analogy without getting going too long to too crazy, but the thing is, it's just, it's, it's, it's the heart of the world we live in, really. It's, it's what we see on TV, it's what makes good movies, it's what's, but it's also what, it's what's stifled the religion today. It's what's, has caused, because bear in mind, this is the yeast, the Pharisees, this is political, religious control as well, manipulation. It's like you follow my ways, you do my things, you do things as we do, and you just and you submit to us. So it is. It's 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 it's, it's wicked and it's adulterous to its core. And That's what Jesus says. This sin, it's wickedness. It's 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 sinful. It's turning against its way against God. It's turning to oneself. It's 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 useless. It's vile and it's adulterous. It it literally it's against. Everything that God wants for us. And God's love for us. It's a denial. It's a rejection of God. Now remember these Pharisees. That they're Christ's enemies. Okay? These Pharisees, they have rejected the Messiah. They should have known. They should have been prepared. They should have been ready for the Messiah. But they have decided to reject him instead. Okay? And they're also now seeking to trip him up. And his disciples. So, to conclude. To sum this up. The yeasts. ...of the Pharisees and the Sadducees... ...is a heresy of control and manipulation. Okay? They don't like... They, they like to be the ones in charge. When Jesus came as the Messiah to take over... ...because, hey, the Messiah is here... ...you know, the Lord, the chief's here... ...no, we don't want this. They like to be in control. There are many in our world who will resist Christ... ...and will also distract others from coming to know him. Okay? that's That is the heresy or the yeast... Of the Pharisees and Sadducees. To be resisting Christ. To be distracting others from to getting to know Christ. This simply is the yeast, the sin of the heresy of the, of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And what did Jesus say? He said, Let's be on guard. Let's be on guard. We need to protect ourselves and be wise and to be. And to be Protected to, to care for ourselves not to be foolish with our minds and foolish with how we spend our time and what we do What we believe in and what we trust in. be on guard this yeast to turn the mind to Attend to be attentive. It's like being on watch on guard to be focused to pay attention Pay attention of this dangerous because you see Jesus is already did and said enough Now we need our total trust in him but there are going to be people like the Pharisees and Sadducees in life who are going to distract us from Him. We want to take our eyes, our attention. We need to be careful not to let that trip us up. Be on guard. Be watchful. Don't be tripped up. Because you've seen God. you had your experience with God. You know Christ. Don't let anybody take you off course. Paul spends a lot of time emphasizing that point. Be careful. <laughs>